no, going into 2014, I had a race like every weekend, like ultras. Um, I think in March that year, I ran like five marathons or ultras and one of them was 100K in March or something. Like it was awful. <laughs> every race was like a death march. My legs were so tired, but I was like, oh, I love it. It's so fun. But it never like occurred to me to like focus on one you know, after, you know, completing a bunch, because I just thought, like, I, I just wanted to complete them. You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners podcast, where every run is a trail party. On this week's episode, we're sharing the recording from our Run Venture Zoom series on June 3rd, 2020, where we sat down, virtually speaking, with the one and only Maggie Magatron Gutero to hear her inspiring story of how she got into running 10 years ago. So sit back and relax, or grab some pickle juice and hit the trails, and enjoy the show. Okay, welcome, 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 everybody. My name is Kim Levinsky. I am the owner and race director for Sasquad Trail Running in New Jersey. We're so excited to have you guys on our first episode. We'll call it the premiere of the Run Venture Zoom series. We've had this idea for a few weeks and finally gotten in motion. So we're going to be doing this every other Wednesday through the month of August. It's, we've got a, a bunch of runners that are lined up to talk. Kicking off with a bang with Maggie, which is really exciting. Real quick, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Sasquad because I know some of you may be joining us who aren't from our group. Um, so we started putting on Trail Party 2018. Our our motto is every run is a trail party. So we love to have fun. All ages, all paces come out to our events. Obviously, 2020 was derailed a little bit for everybody. So we are rolling with it and we're working hard to stay connected with everybody through virtual events like this. So make sure you sign up for our other Run Venture talks that are coming up over the next couple months. We're also hosting a virtual race series called the Magically Mythical Virtual Race Series, which has events from 5K up to 100 miles with really fun swag, handcrafted wood stuff that we give out. Uh, We're also doing a semi-virtual race. We're kind of taking baby steps um, to get back to the race scene. So the first two weeks of July, we have, we're going to be doing our Fat Sass Switchback Challenge, which is over in Milburn at the South Mountain Reservation. So the way it works is you can sign up for this event, and then anytime in those two weeks, you go out to the course, we're going to have it marked, and you'll run your race, and then you'll submit your results to us, and we'll add it to Ultra Sign Up. So it's a one-mile loop. It goes up 300 feet, down 300 feet. And you can do a 5K, which would be three loops. You can do three hours, six hours, try to do as many loops as you can in the allotted time. Um, and then we're also doing a virtual plogging and trail cleanup weekend. This is our second one that we've done. Um, we're encouraging everybody to get out on their favorite trail. It's virtual, so you can go to whatever trail you want. Um, I see Jess is on the call. She crushed it the first round. Crushed it. Bunch of different parks with all the uh, all that trash. It's, I mean, I'm sure... Even if you're not in New Jersey, you've noticed there's more trash out in the trails just with more traffic on it. So we want to make an impact and pick up the trash. So you can find more about us on social media, Sasquad Trail Running for Facebook and Instagram and our website, sasquadtrailrunning.com. Okay, the moment you've all been waiting for. Maggie really needs no introduction. She became a household name in over the last few months when she won Big's Backyard Ultra 
covering 250 miles in 60 hours, which was insane and amazing. So if you're a new trail runner, I'm sure you've heard her name. If you've been around the trail scene for you know a few years and you're on the East Coast, you probably know Maggie because she is originally from the East Coast and she just recently moved out to Colorado. And so we are so proud to claim Maggie as their own because she is from the East Coast. Uh, she was very involved with local races around Philly, PA, New Jersey, New York, tri-state area, including the Squatchung Surprise in 2018. And I have to preface this by saying that Maggie chose the title for the stock for 2018 champion. I, it wasn't me trying to boost my ego, though it did make me feel good. Um, but Maggie did share that it was one of her favorite events that she's done, which is really a testament to um, our runners that were there and our volunteer dream team. I know personally that's one of my most favorite events that we do in our race series. So without further ado, Maggie's gonna chat for about 20 to 30 minutes. We invited her on to share her running story. Um, we're going to hit her with 10 rapid fire questions at the end, they're fun and goofy. And then we're going to open it up for question and answer for you guys. So just ask to keep your videos on mute so she doesn't have any feedback. That's it. Maggie, you're up. Thanks, Kim. That seriously <clears throat> was really one of my favorite races. Just like the concept's so fun for anyone who's not familiar. I hope, I don't know, I guess you will have to decide in September whether you can have that race again. So, um, but I really want to come back for it again because it, it was so fun. I mean, you just pick a golf ball and it corresponds to the different loops they have. And um, I think every loop is so cool because like no one wanted the green loop because it was long and technical and like you're trying to get as many miles as possible. But then like the blue loop or something, it was like the two mile loop was really easy. It's kind of boring. And like my favorite was the red, which was like the in-between distance and it was just rolly. Um, but anyway, like that was a super fun day. And then actually me and my friend Rebecca got in the car, drove to Reading, Pennsylvania and then did a night trail run. So that was like one of my favorite days ever um and i i miss pennsylvania um i'll just i don't know this is it i guess i kind of have like this running journey where i like can talk about the beginning and like me being runner in philly but um like the thing i miss most about um pennsylvania i mean really now there's no races but um pennsylvania is such a good and the east coast has such a good running community there's a race every weekend you could do like anything and Colorado here it's like the races are epic but you know they're like once a month or then they're only in the summer you can't just go find a race in the winter that you want to go run so I feel like I was like oh yeah I want to get here and run in the mountains but I didn't really I kind of took for granted just the trail running community and just going to these low-key races and and having your pick any weekend you wanted so um like I really miss that but um yeah so so I originally I'm from Westchester Pennsylvania uh and I grew up there I went to school in New York uh in Brooklyn and I wasn't a runner then I kind of dabbled um and then I moved to Philly and I lived in Philly for like 11 or 12 years and um towards the end of my Philly life is when I got really into running and um like I think Carolyn Redmond was on here somewhere. Like I met her through the Fishtown Beer Runners. Um, and hello. hello. <laughs> and um, like, it was all about like running was like, it was a personal journey, but then it was also really social. 
Um, and so like, I really enjoyed going on like long weekday runs with friends after work or, um, you know, and I honestly didn't know about different surfaces. I didn't really think like, oh, this is a trail race this is a road race. Like it was just whatever race was there. Um, I only ever did the, um, the best place to run really in Philly. I mean, just cause you don't have to worry about cars or sidewalks or stopping at red lights is the Kelly drive loop, that eight mile loop around the art museum. Um, so that being said, I ran there all the time, um, when I started running. And so like, let's see, like 2009, it was when I really like, I was like, I'm going to train for the Philly marathon. I'm going to do this. Um, and that was like November of 2009. And then I figured, okay, one and done. But by the time I was walking home, I was like, what other marathon can I run? Like, I want to do this again. Um, but then, so like back then, and I mean, there wasn't like tons of stuff on running, which, which isn't even that long ago, which is weird. But a lot of things said like, oh, you should run this many 5Ks and this many 10Ks to go to a half marathon and then a marathon. And then going into ultras, you should be running a marathon, marathons for like six years or like all different things that said to be like, just really kind of gradually ease into it. And I had a couple friends talk me out of like signing up for an ultra um, so it took me like two years to finally just be like, screw it. <laughs> I'm just going to sign up for the only ultra I know of, which was the 20 and 24 in Philadelphia, which if no one is familiar, um, I know some of you are, it is in that it's on that eight mile loop I was talking about in Philadelphia in July. So, I mean, that's just like really awful conditions um, just because it's so hot and humid and it's just a long pavement loop. But I had a blast, um, even though it was pretty terrible. I My goal was to run 100 miles in that 24 hours. And because I thought like 15 minute pace is like very doable. And and I think it is for anyone, you know, I think it's an attainable goal. Um, but nutrition was a huge part of it. And I had no idea how much like nutrition. I mean, I knew it was like from what I read on the Internet that it was important. Um, but I took like some of the advice I got really literally. I didn't know any ultra runners. So my friend from grade school, her husband was an ultra runner. So she said, you should talk to him. So I did. He gave me great advice, but I took it really literal. He said, eat early, eat often. But I figured, yeah, like within this first four hours, I'm just going to shove as many calories in my face as I can. Like not worrying about what they are. I was drinking some like gross drink that from the eighties. That's like some sports drink I won't mention, but, um, I think I was taking like power gels, which are, I don't know, the consistency is weird. Um, but there weren't a whole lot of different nutrition options back then. I mean, there were, but not like there is now. Um, so yeah, so it was a disaster. I was pretty nauseous by a mile 26. Um, and my friends basically overnight nursed me back to health. I was like, I didn't see how it would be possible to get to 100 miles, but I was like, I'll keep going. And um, long story short, I made it to 97, and it was definitely like a group effort with all my friends helping me. Um, so it was really awesome, and I knew I could do better, so I signed up the next year. But this year, I was like, okay, maybe I'm gonna um, kind of throw in a couple 50 milers in training and, and work on all the things I need to work on. Um, and I'm, I think I did a fat ass 50 miler that was like around that loop as well, that April. And then I think May I signed up for 
the dirty German 50 miler, which was my first trail race, I think. Um, I don't remember if I did a shorter trail race before that. Um, but, uh, you know, like that was a really great first trail race. If anyone ever gets a chance to run that, it's, it's really awesome. Stefan's races are fun and the course isn't super difficult, but it's not boring. It is a couple loops, but I mean, everything's loops in Philly. Um, so that like taught me a lot. And I think just over the years, your legs and body just get used to the, to the wear and tear. Um, but yeah, so that second year I ran the 20 and 24. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention like after, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this, but like my legs swole so much both years I did this 24 hour. Like I didn't know how people could possibly run these ultras, like, because the recovery is so awful. Like I felt like I had some form of like DVT, which is deep vein thrombosis, but I don't really, I have no idea. It's like self-diagnosed. It felt like there were tour tourniquets all over my legs. They were so fat. I could barely like stand up. I had to like crawl to the bathroom. This happened both years. I did it. I was like, I don't think I can keep doing this. This is what it's like, but um, I signed up again a third year <laughs> and, and that was actually canceled because that year the heat index was supposed to be like 110 or something ridiculous. And they called for like life threatening lightning storms and all that. And, um, I think it did pretty storm pretty bad that night because I was out to dinner with a couple friends. And, um, so I went in search of a different race to make up for that. And I found the viaduct 100. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that race. It's this tiny fat ass in Northern Pennsylvania, almost to New York, like near Birmingham, New York, I think. Um, and it's just in the middle of nowhere. And it's this like out and back gravel rail trail that you do four times. So it's like, you know, 12 and a half out, you turn around. Um, it's flattish, um, but that was rough. So, I wasn't used to running on, on even rougher terrain, even though it's really just a rail trail. Um, and I, I got really overzealous and I was trying to run like under 18 hours for some reason. I decided midway that I was going to do that. Um, so then I ended up just death marching the final 25 miles in the rain. And my friend Rodney ran, walked with me. Um, he'll tell you that story all the time about how miserable it was and whatever. Um, but I finished my first 100 mile trail race and going through my head during that race, like I was thinking how I could never do a race like Western States. And that seemed just too hard. I'm like, this is so freaking hard. I don't know how I could ever do a race that has like actual hills. Um, and then, so, I mean, that was like 2011, 2013, I think, or something like that. Um, so then I just started signing up for like, I think everyone's probably goes through this when they, when they find like a running or ultras or racing or whatever, but you're just like, how many races can I sign up for? So like, I think like 2013 or no, going into 2014, I had a race like every weekend, like ultras. Um, I think in March that year I ran like five marathons or ultras and one of them was a hundred K in March or something like it was awful. <laughs> Every race was like a death March. My legs were so tired, but I was like, oh, I love it. It's so fun. But it never like occurred to me to like focus on one, you know, after, you know, completing a bunch. Cause I just thought like, I, I just wanted to complete them. Um, and so then at Rocky raccoon 100 in 2014, I met my coach, Michelle Yates. Um, 
and well, I didn't know she was my coach at the time, but, um, so after the race, I mean, she ran by me like a freight train and I was like super inspired. I, I had known that she's like just named ultra runner of the year. And I was just like, Whoa. And one of my friends was coached by her and I was kind of dabbling with the idea like, okay, maybe I can get better. But I had looked at a bunch of coaches and I couldn't afford any of them. It was like, whatever. So I contacted Michelle just to see, and like, it was actually affordable. And she was like, you know, she didn't tell me like, don't do all these races. She just kind of like, all right, <laughs> this is what you want to do. I can help you do that. I can help you get better. She's like, but if you want to get better, like you need to focus on a couple things and not just like race, you need to rest, like whatever. Uh, I was like, all right, well, let me get me through the spring. I've already signed up for all these races, whatever. And then, um, I had this goal in the back of my head that I wanted to qualify for the 24 hour team, the national team. Um, there is actually a team for that. Uh, part of the reason was I was really inspired by this girl that would win the 20 and 24 every year. Her name was Sabrina Moran at the time. It's now Sabrina Little. She's a really good ultra runner. She was from, I think, New Jersey. Um, but she lives in Kentucky now. Uh, she's super cool. She's like really into philosophy and her posts are super nerdy, but she's really funny. Um, and she's a really good writer. So if you see her blog, you give some of her a reading uh, writing a read because she's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, she really inspired me because I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I just didn't know of any other ultra runners either. Um, not to say that she's any less inspiring, but like, I don't know. She just seemed like she was approachable. And like, I, I looked at the team qualifiers and I just kind of in the back of my head thought, okay, I can run that. Uh, I think at the time it was so unfortunately, at this point in Maggie's talk, our Zoom video was hacked. So we actually had to start a whole new video, uh, do a little bit of troubleshooting, but Maggie did not miss a beat. She picked right back up where she left off, and um, that's why you're going to hear just a little bit of a short break. But Maggie's going to launch back into her story right here. Yeah, I'm letting some people know. They're like, what's going on? And... <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of messages. <laughs> Whatever we want to talk about. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Um, if if you're watching on Facebook Live, we had a little bit of a hack incident, not once but twice on our first two attempts. So we think we've taken care of this. So we have abandoned the Zoom uh large group meeting and now we're just doing Maggie and I on one private Zoom call, live streaming it to Facebook. So Fingers crossed. This is good. I've got my my finger on the the end button over here. So, Maggie, take it away. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't want to retell parts that people already heard, but I can summarize just basically how important the Philly running community was to me when I started. Um, I did the Philly Marathon as my first race, and then from there, I met some super rad people. Um, and that's really what it was about in the beginning was just like meeting cool people, having fun, getting out there running. I didn't care what the scenery was, what the trail was. Um, my first ultra was the 20 and 24 in 2011, but the, uh, it's the back on my feet 24 hour that they would hold as their fundraiser. It was in July around the Kelly drive loop. Um, and that was basically a nutrition disaster. My goal was a hundred miles. I made it 97. 
Um, but I knew I could do better. So I signed up the next year and um, I, let's see, so 2012, I ran 110 miles. Um, and then, you know, and, and then that time between this race, between 2011 and 2012, I decided to add some shorter races. So Dirty German 50 miler was my first 50 mile trail race, which was super awesome. Um, and then, so 2013, this race was canceled because of extreme heat. Uh, the heat index was like 110. So Philly canceled it. Uh, it was like, I think it was the city that made back of my feet cancel it. Uh, they just thought it was too dangerous to, to have it. Um, so I went in search of another race. The, um, I found this fat ass. And for those you know, who aren't familiar, the term fat ass means like, uh, besides other things it means, but like it is a race you just show up to run. It doesn't cost anything. You kind of just usually bring stuff to contribute to the aid station. Uh, you just let the race director know you're going to sign up um, and it's free. And so I found this hundred miler in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania on the north, like northern central border of Pennsylvania in a town called Lanesboro. Um, and it was an out and back, 12 and a half mile out and back. It's actually longer. Um, and on a rail trail. So you would do that four times to make the 100 miler. Um, and so that was my first trail 100, even though it was a pretty easy trail. Um, it really took a toll on my legs and I got super ambitious trying to maybe run like an 18 hour 100 miler uh, that I decided midway through that I was going to kind of keep the pace going. Um, and that was a huge disaster. It was a huge blow up, but I was pretty determined to finish. So I death marched the last 25. I think the last 20, I did the first 50 in eight hours and I did the last 25 in eight hours. <laughs> then there was a lot of in between. So I think it was like, I don't know, it was like 26 hours of, of this rail trail. Um, and this is for Caroline again, I got a Carolyn, uh, like that I mentioned, Rodney helped me um, death march that last eight hours and he'll tell you all about it if anyone knows Rodney. Um, he, he suffered a lot too. It was eight hours of just walking in the rain at night. It was terrible, but it was really rewarding. Um, but I remember thinking during that race that I could never um, run Western States or something like that. That just seemed too hard. I was like, I don't, I don't think I, I would ever be able to do that. Um, so then kind of started signing up for ultras, like one of the serial signer up or of ultras. Um, I had ones like every weekend. So 2014 was really like just the year I raced, like I mean, 2013, I raced probably like close to 30 marathons. And then 2014, I just started to get more into ultras. So I met my coach at Rocky Raccoon, which is my second trail 100 in 2014. Um, that was actually my first sub 24 hour hundred miler, um, outside of a 24 hour event. But, um, yeah, she was super inspiring to me and I had wanted a coach. I wanted to see if I could just get better. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing long, slow distance. That's all I was doing. That's all I thought you had to do for an ultra. Um, but I was curious just to see like what a coach would tell me to do to get better. Uh, so I emailed her and she's actually super affordable. So we started talking and I told her my goals and she didn't like think I was ridiculous. Um, for trying to sign up for that many ultras. She didn't tell me no, um, but I also kind of let her know about my goal to try to make the 24 hour team. Um, I think we're at the point 
where we didn't get to last time. <laughs> so, so far we're good. Um, so anyway, after I got done with my spring frenzy of ultra racing, I decided to like kind of buckle down over the summer and just focus on one race. So I picked a 24 hour race called the New Jersey one day. Um, it's run on a one mile loop at the fairgrounds. They, they hold a lot of other races. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar. They have, um, what's the big one? Three days at the fair. Um, yeah, it's just a cool little venue and the community is awesome. Um, and so my goal was just to run enough miles to qualify for the team. I didn't necessarily think I was going to make the team. Um, but as training went on, I kind of started to really believe that I could make this team, that I could run something really like far. Um, even though none of my past performances proved that I could do that. So I just kind of was like, I think I can do it. Um, and I forget what, well, so I had like a secret goal in my head, but I didn't tell anyone. And then I had this low end goal that was like, that would get me on the team. Um, and I remember like, just during that race, my friend Sky was also running and she ended up making the, the team that year. Um, she passed me six times. So that's six miles she had on me. And I remember thinking in my head um, that I'm going to pass her six times back once I pass her, once I get even with her. Um, but that would get me to my secret goal that I told like only a few people, one of my buddies, um, I told him that I thought I could run 142, but I'm not going to tell anyone that. And um, I ended up doing it and I did it pretty even splits too, which is like some say, I don't know, 24 hour runners can kind of argue on like the best way to run a 24 hour. Some like to get the most in the 12 hours and then you slow down or negative split. I, I did it pretty evenly. Um, so I was really proud of how I ran that race, but it didn't, it, I thought I could do better and um, it did get me on the team. So that was 2014. So 2015, I got to go to Italy and like, I got to be on a team with Connie Gardner, who was like this legend. I mean, if you start reading about ultra running, when you, you kind of like become this sponge and you want to absorb all this ultra running knowledge. Um, she's like a person you would read about because I mean, she's like winning all kinds of things back in the day. I mean, she still races. She's in her fifties now and she's still just like steady, consistent, um, so, you know, and then there was like five other women I was on this team with that I just like, couldn't believe that I was on this team too. And I almost felt like, I don't know if I belong, like, but you know, I'll do my best. So I trained my butt off. Um, and the running community was awesome. I was like, part of me almost, I didn't go because I couldn't afford it. Um, the, they don't really give you any support to go. It might've changed a little bit now. The money they do give you is like a few hundred bucks and they give it to you after you get back because if they give it to you before it'd be considered a salary and it's like taxing blah, blah blah it's like a whole thing so the running community helped me raise like money to go to this thing you know go to italy and compete for the u.s like at the like with other countries like um so that was a huge motivation to just never ever give up during this race like I had a horrible, pretty rough race that first 12 hours. I was projectile vomiting. Um, I felt awful. And we were basically, this is how it scored. So there's six people, there's six men and women usually from each country. They take the top scores of the top three men and women from each country. So um, 
you know, some countries only bring three, some bring four. We had the luxury of bringing six. Partway through, uh, my good friend Otto Lamb, who probably a lot of you know, <laughs> and Dylan Armajani, uh, he was another crew guy. They said, you're the only one left besides like Katie, who was crushing it. She was first place the whole time. And Tracy Falbo, who was running in about third. She ended up second, but she was like right up there in the top. And I was doing terrible, um, but they needed my number to score. So they're like, you can't, you can't stop. Like I never planned to stop, but now I needed a big number. Um, and so literally like that happened and I went around again and Otto's like super serious, like you have to run for America. Um, so that was like super important <laughs> to Otto. And, but like really motivating to me because like all these people believed in me to spend like 20 bucks so I could go to this race. So I ran my ass off. Like, I think that would be really hard to duplicate without all that, like those different factors, um, without Dylan and Otto there, without the medical team, without just running for like a higher purpose than just, I thought this would be fun. Um, so we ended up getting gold and I got fourth place in the world, which is, I feel like it's braggy, but like, I think he's, I think the point of this whole story is like, I was just like this regular runner and I'm still a regular runner, but like, I mean, anyone, I think 24 hour racing too. Like, I think that, you know, you're born so fast or whatever, you can make yourself faster. So don't ever set like a ceiling, but there's also like this certain bit of grit that can take you a little farther. Um, if you just don't, put a ceiling on yourself. Like I have done that in a lot of races and I've been like, well, this person performed at this level. So I think I'd probably come in right about here. And that's like a terrible thing to do. So that's like my point. Um, so it was really awesome. It was a really cool experience. Um, and I don't know if I'm done with the 24 hour, uh, thing, but it's so hard on your body. Um, and it's really fun. It's great to be on a team. So then after that, I kind of got into trail racing. Um, so then I was like, that kind of lit a fire to be like, maybe I can do other things that I've read about, like this person getting top 10 at Western States and stuff. So I kind of made that a goal and I went to go for a golden ticket and I somehow got second and got a golden ticket. And I went to one Western States in, um, I forget what year one of those years 2016 maybe um and I got top 10 and it was an amazing experience um and you know and then I did definitely thought about how I was running viaduct just death marching thinking I could never run western states and like yeah it's a hard race but I felt like I trained for it I was ready for it it's always hard but like it wasn't too hard where I was like what am I doing um like I felt like I belonged there. And, and so it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, from there, I just kind of got into um, like the, the harder races. So I was just kind of like in Pennsylvania, could I do like run rabbit run going to elevation? And the answer is barely, <laughs> but so, I mean, that was a terrible death march as well. Um, but I finished just under the, the, the cutoff in under 30 hours and I managed that. So not everything's like a success, but I felt like it was important to finish that race. Um, and then I'm, 
there was a, I'm trying to think of a turning point where I really like thought, okay, I'm going to start applying to Barclay, but I ran the BFC, uh, the Barclay Fall Classic in like, I think 2015 or 2016. And I was like, nope, this is not, I will never run the real one. I'm like, I'm glad I got to try it. And then like, I don't know, that race just haunted me and like something about that area. I was like, I have to try it. Like, so I finally applied like two years later and I got in somehow in my first try. I think he was feeling really generous towards women that year. And so that was like 2018. And so, but I made this like agreement with myself that when I would start applying to Barclay that I would put in, it's a project. So I don't expect to go crush it my first year. It was a ter terrible, I, I mean, I made it two loops but it was over time, um, but I learned a lot. Um, and then last year was even worse because like I made it one loop, but almost didn't make it. Um, and my body had just quit, but I learned a lot again. And so, and this year was obviously it was canceled, but, um, I feel like I can do better. I don't know if I can finish, to be honest. Like when I went into it, I was like, I will finish. I'm just going to keep trying. Um, that race is so freaking hard. It's like the one goal where I'm like, I freaking don't know if I can finish this race. I think I'll have a better idea if I can complete a fun run. Um, that'll give me a better idea, maybe some confidence. Maybe that will be the very fine edge that I, I feel like I can, I can do there. And then I can say I tried, but I know, I, I think I can do three loops at least. Um, I want to get to that fourth loop. I know a woman can finish, so I'm going to try. Uh, I'm going to encourage other women to try and I'm, you know, I, I, it can be done. It is getting really hard. It's getting to the cusp where like people like Gary Robbins has seconds to finish and then, you know, screws it up on the last, you know, we all know that story mostly. <laughs> so that is like, that could be a 30 minute talk itself. So I'll just move on. Um, part of how I got into Big's backyard was I wanted a sleep deprivation experience for Barclay because you have to make these decisions during Barclay and, and Biggs is a more controlled environment. It's more of this mind game. It's less about the physical and the terrain. I mean, it's a whole different game. So I didn't think I would love it as much as it was. I just thought it would be cool. I wanted to go and see what it was like. And um, so the first year I, I, I was hoping to get to 200 miles and I didn't. So I got to 44 hours, which is like 183. Um, and that was super disappointing. Um, you know, even though it was way harder than I ever could have imagined. Um, so it was the same, I applied that same kind of <laughs> mentality to the first time when I ran the 2024 and got 97 miles. I was like, I can do better and I'm going to do it. And it just takes, kind of like what I did all in the past is the same that I applied it to this was I kind of just in training stewed with my goal. Like I won't quit. And then you just kind of visualize it until you believe it. Um, and then, then you just have to go and execute, you know, hopefully things go right. Things can still go wrong. I just got lucky with a really good race and my crew is really awesome. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of my full running journey in a nutshell. Um, like, I don't know people say they can't win bigs, but they can, if they really want to, like, that's the beauty of bigs. It's even more about grit than, um, 
than like a 24 hour. So, I mean, a lot of people don't want to run that long, which I get too. <laughs> I don't always want to do that. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's basically it. Um, I had my first injury ever <laughs> in quarantine. Um, I saw Jess Grinspan was on there. She killed it at the quarantine backyard. I made it nine hours and called it quits. And I've had this back slash SI joint injury and it kind of sucks. But uh, I think I made it like 10 years without my first injury. So it was a pretty good run. <laughs> That's awesome, Maggie. Thank you so much for bearing with us. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to do a more condensed, like roll through it type. <laughs> that was awesome. That was super awesome. Um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll just go with the flow with this. So um, we'll tell people in the Facebook Live if they want to ask questions. I'll take a peek and see if there's any comments. Um, but we can start with our ten rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Okay. All right. So you want to answer these like the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. I'm sure okay. you've done this before. Okay. First one. This is an easy one. Do you believe in Sasquatch? And what is your spirit animal? Yes, and it was a bison, but now it's a moose. Now, why did that change? Because I keep seeing moose everywhere, and they're really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that, we like to ask all those goofy questions in our registration, so you probably remember that from the, the Squatch Young Surprise. We asked what your spirit animal was. I remember that, and I don't remember what I put. <laughs> <laughs> Something dumb. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was great. Um, okay, next question. Would you rather run through spider webs or have one annoying gnat hover around your face for the entire run? Um, probably spider webs. Spider webs, even if it had an actual spider in it and it got on your I head. don't mind spiders. Oh my gosh. Although I guess I could tune out the gnat. I don't know. I feel like I run races where gnats have been there too the whole time. They just follow you the whole time, right? Yeah, I would take either. I thought one of those is gonna be way worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. This is a really important question. Is vert real? No. Good answer. <laughs> and I noticed you're sitting on a chair. Yeah. <laughs> ultra running. Chair. <laughs> Long live ultra running memes. Um, okay, next question. Who is the fastest? You, Ryan, or Titus? Me. Wow, no hesitation. Actually, right now Titus is. Is he? Yeah, I'm really slow right now. He ran a uh, three miles this morning. He was ahead of me the whole time. Oh man, rockstar! Yeah. Oh, I see him in the back there. Here he comes. <laughs> All right, next one. What is your favorite Star Wars movie? Um, I like that original. I don't know the names of the little like semicolon name. <laughs> is the Return of the Jedi the one where like I don't know the very first Star Wars, which is really the fourth Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A new yeah. hope. Nailed it. I think. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, do you use mantras when you race? Yeah, I do. You want to share with? Um, so it was, if I can't finish this, I can't finish Barkley. And then okay. sometimes I make them up on the fly, but that's always the one I go to. Okay. Awesome. Is there any more? Is that your, that's your go-to? Um, I found out during bigs that I would yell like single cues to myself, which I guess became a ma mantra, like focus, focus, 
And then sometimes I'd curse at myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did that work? Was it motivating? Yeah, no, I mean, it just kept me aware and uh, like alert, yeah. But you have to say it out loud at that point after right. a few days. <laughs> right. <laughs> Otherwise it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> All right, next question, number seven. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, um, when you're talking to people and they start looking at their phone. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so annoying. I can't stand that. Right, I won't, I won't do it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do that to people too. I do it to Ryan all the time, he doesn't count. All right, next one, very important one. What is your favorite East Coast food? Oh, East Coast food. Man, there's really good pizza there, to be honest. There isn't great pizza here. Yeah. Um, I know it's like not East Coast specific, but they, we have really good pizza there. Totally. Yeah, there's a big difference. I used to live in Ohio and the pizza was gross. They like cut it in squares. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's hit or miss here and mostly miss. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is a fun one. If you had to pick a new career unrelated to running, what would it be? Um. Well, technically running is not my career. I am, but um, I don't know, to be honest, I think it would be cool to be a um, kind of like, I don't know, anything to do with space, like a career at NASA space or course. space something. I don't know. Anything like, I always thought I just, I feel like space is a good escape because you can just focus on these mind blowing problems. Mm. Um, I've always been like super interested in that. I don't think I'm smart enough to get a job doing any of those things, but <laughs> I can pretend. Space Force, you know, they just opened up. Yeah. They'll <laughs> <laughs> let me in. All right. Last question, maybe the most fun one. Hypothetically speaking, you and Courtney DeWalter just became superheroes. What are your superhero powers and what are your superhero names for you and Courtney? Uh I'm um, a super slow woman and she's super Hi. fast lady. <laughs> <laughs> and um, her superpower is she can poop jelly beans. <laughs> and mine is I can shoot tailwind out of my fingers. <laughs> Different flavors? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have... Well, we have eight flavors, so maybe some rebuild out of my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> nice little plug for Tailwind there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let me pull a couple of questions from the Facebook chat. We'll see what we got here. Um, looks like there's a few. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is from Joe Brandine. He said, not running related. I want to know where you got the curtain behind you. <laughs> Oh my God, Ryan got it. It's a shower curtain used as a closet door. And I think it's from that Calamity Wear brand. They make dishes that look like that and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were it thinking of like getting dishes best. that look like that too. Is there like, is a lot of monster on there? Or something? Yeah, they're like sea monsters. <laughs> oh my God, he's going to be really excited that someone asked about the curtain. He always <laughs> asks in the Zoom meetings, he's like, has anyone mentioned the curtain? There <laughs> <No>. you go. <laughs> You tell him Joe Brandine wanted to know. I will. <laughs> um, okay. Next question from Bailey Lewis. 
um, in Milburn, New Jersey. Are you vegan? Question mark. What is your general diet? So I've dabbled, but when I moved here, I kind of started eating meat again um, and then traveling a lot. So I eat meat sometimes. I don't, I lean more plant-based, but I do eat cheese. Again, I used to not eat cheese. Um, I just try to like stick to as many nutritious foods as I can without being perfect. I mean, I, I don't stress it as much anymore. I used to try to be like, I can't eat this. I can eat this. And it's just like mind blowing. Um, although there is something to be said for the discipline to just kind of try one diet, and see how it makes you feel. Um, I had mixed feelings on the vegan thing for me. Maybe I wasn't doing it right. Um, a lot of iron issues and stuff. So I will probably revisit it. I don't know, but I just kind of follow a moderate everything kind of diet minus all the coffee and seltzer I drink. Awesome. All right. Next one we got is from Jessica. What do you think was the biggest game changer in your training? If you could pinpoint one thing. Um, well, I was getting Michelle and having her guidance. I would say probably I was doing strength work before her, but like she gives you these little fine tuning kind of like important running exercises. Whereas like, you know, I was doing like barbell workouts and CrossFit type stuff. Um, and speed work. I wasn't doing speed work at all. So that is actually important for ultra running. And I think my legs would feel so trashed after one hour speed work rather than like a three or four hour, like slow run. So I think it's important. Awesome. Um, okay. This is from, uh, Caroline Redman. While you were waiting for Will at Biggs, were you thinking you had another loop left in you? Oh Yeah. I was ready. I was mentally prepared to go through the night. I was excited. I already had my game plan for the caffeine. I was going to be more liberal with just taking it in because I figured there wouldn't be a fourth night. Um, and it would just be stay alert on that trail because I knew how much focus it was going to take for that fourth day. Um, but again, like I have no idea because like anything could happen. I mean, Dave Proctor went downhill in two laps. So like maybe I totally lost my mind. I was worried because Will had the experience, he was starting to look good and he had the experience of running through three nights and I didn't. So um, I was like in it. I was not thinking like that Will is like, you know, dying or fading or anything. Awesome. Okay, a couple more. We've got from Dana, Dana Chin. I know you had the injury for a quarantine backyard ultra, but how much difficulty did the virtual aspect add to the race? Would you do more virtual ultra type events in the future? Um, yeah, I could see that the motivation would have been kind of hard after a while, um, especially when you get in. I was, I knew that I was, my loop was kind of a lot of elevation gain. So I knew I was going to only get to say hi to people for like 30 seconds or a minute at a point. Um, and yeah, you're out there alone at night. Uh, my goal was really when I went there to just do like a hundred miles and see how I felt and probably leave there like Sally and Courtney and I made that kind of like we'll, we'll do 100 and see what happens um so yeah I think it would be hard like what Greg Armstrong did and Mike Wardy Mike Mike's a freak and um uh you know anyone that hung in there just keep keep on chugging like that's 
that's that's gritty too <laughs> yeah it's hard because you feel like it's not real like is vert real no is this race real no <laughs> like, oh no the cone was hard um <laughs> i i would do another virtual race if i i'm not back to running i'm, I'm not gonna try and like commit to anything like but they're fun they're a cool way to to like kind of stay stay sharp totally yeah, I did the quarantine backyard ultra too. I was so invested, you know, watching it to the very end. It was it was a really cool experience. Just knowing like so many people around the world were, you know, watching it and participating. It was really cool. Well, it's cool because I was getting texts from Jennifer, Mike's wife. I was like, tell him to sleep. She's like, he's so addicted to his phone. He's been on his phone the whole time. Every time he's done, he he gets on his phone. I'm like, he didn't sleep a week that whole time. <laughs> I and know. Right? He's done. He didn't sleep that night. He, he just like went to work, did whatever yeah. that he does. Like, he doesn't sleep. So if he goes to like the real big yard backyard this year, like yeah. he's a threat. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what's going to stop him? He doesn't need sleep. And he like runs like a billion miles a week. Like, right. Literally. I've been telling him for years. He's, he's built for this. I was like, I take credit for this. That's all you. <laughs> Told him. You're like, the, it's perfect for him. Totally. Totally. Um, okay, I think we got maybe one or two more. Um, let me see. I don't want to miss anybody here. Um, Jason Friedman, first place you'd like to travel to. I'm assuming that means after, you know, yeah. things are up. Okay, so I sent my passport in right before this whole COVID thing, and the headquarters is in Philadelphia. Uh -huh. I have I have the tracking that says they received it on February 29th, but. I have no idea if I'm going to get my password back. Shoot. So I think soon, I mean, and now Philly is like on fire. Like it's sad. Yeah. So I think it's once things calm down, like I'm going to maybe try to contact them or email them or see how I can track what's going on there. Um, but so that being said, was I sent it in to get renewed because I would like to go to New Zealand um, and do Tarawera in, in oh, February. Wow. Um you know, and who knows? So I have no idea, but I've always wanted to go to New Zealand and Iceland, but oh, yeah. the plan is New Zealand is hopefully next. So awesome. Awesome. Um, little update, Joe Brandine found the link to the shower curtain and he posted oh, good. it in the chat. <laughs> it's a nice uh, material. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is from Nicole Werner. Are there any East Coast races that you would like to do someday? dot 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 eastern states question mark yeah i would like to do eastern eastern states i i'm afraid that i'm going to go back and, and be like a wuss with humidity i miss humidity people think i'm nuts but i love it i love to feel like i came in and i'm drenched in sweat yeah. i feel like i did something i feel so like cleansed and here like i could wear the same clothes all day because i feel like i don't sweat um and so i would love to do it um soon you know just to come back and do that race. that race scares me like there's not any too many really west coast races that scare me that much besides like barkley and that race <laughs> barkley, they, you have to go through like that rattlesnake area past like um oh it's a hotel manor hotel manor whatever in in slate run like mm -hmm. that whole climb that up up there there's like they study rattlesnakes there because it's just like known for them. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is on the list. Yeah. Um, 
Elaine Yee wants to know, you might have answered this already with New Zealand, but where or what is your dream race to go to? Would it be the New Zealand like you just said, or is there um, something else on, on the list? Well, New Zealand's like a dream, um, like destination, but I think the race would be, well, so I, UTMB never really appealed to me that much, but more and more now, I just, I guess maybe I miss racing and, and people. Um, I think UTMB would be really cool, but I've always wanted to do like a race in Switzerland, those like Iger Ultra or something. Um, then there's another race. I can't remember the name right now. It's like a 50K that looks beautiful that my friend was trying to talk me into going to. Um, it's in September. So anything there I think would be super cool. Those mountains look. Yeah. I mean, you get to run through a bunch of countries in UTMB. So anywhere in the, in the uh, you know, mountains there, it's just they rise so far from like the floor it just yeah. is different than here I guess totally um, but hard rock is also like on my list but I'm lucky I get to live an hour from where it is um we we're planning on doing like soft rock this year since it's canceled so I'll get to see okay. the whole course which I'm grateful for so I never get to do the race I never get in the lottery like at least I got to see it I live right here so yeah that's awesome yeah uh, this is from Kurt Bashford. Advice for transitioning from weekend casual trail runner to longer runs. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely just be more consistent. So, I mean, I don't know how many days a week you're running, but um, it's, it's about consistency. So you don't want to just kind of like do all your miles on the weekend. I know he means like the term weekend warrior, but like um, maybe like add in an extra day of running and just add, like, make it a shorter run. Um, but like kind of keep an eye on your, your mileage and time that you've been running and just keep upping that little at a time. Um, there's a lot of training plans on there that you can kind of tweak to make your own, um, you know, but just be mindful. You don't overdo it. <laughs> Definitely. All right. We're going to hit you with two last questions and we'll wrap it up. Um, this is from Rick. Uh, <laughs> so this is going to test what kind of TV shows you like. Question, what kind of bear is best? Black bear. <laughs> or Battlestar Galactica, I don't or know. Or Beats. <laughs> or Beats. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. This is coming at you from Jana. Her question is, this is a fun one. If you could run with one person um, who you haven't ever run with yet, living or deceased, who would that person be? Oh, uh, I feel like I thought about this recently, but it changes all the time. Um, you know, living or dead. I mean, Honestly, it'd be kind of, so this is the thing. I think it would be really cool to kind of like run with like one of the women that lived in these mountains when they were like mines back in the day when it was like super tough. The thing is, I don't think they ran for fun because life was hard enough, <laughs> but it would be super cool to just get their perspective on these yeah. mountains and like what life was like, right. um, you know, from back then. And then now I, I just think she would be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but I always think about that when I'm running, like these mines are everywhere. These, these roads are through these mountains and people used yeah. to live here and like, they didn't have heat. 
Right. They have running water. I mean, they just live in the running side trees. of the mountain. Yeah, I know. I would always like to pick their brain. Or tailwind. They didn't have anything no. coming out of their thumbs or fingers. No. <laughs> they just chewed on rocks for nutrition or something. <laughs> I think they were drunk all the time. I think you had to be. <laughs> Get through it. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad we made it through that. <laughs> that was quite the journey. Yeah, that was pretty G-rated. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Maggie, for thank bearing you. with us and kicking it off with a bang, the premiere of the Run Venture Zoom series. And thank you for you guys all watching. I think we had a bunch of people hopping on the Facebook Live video. So we will be in touch and we'll catch you at the next event. All right. See you guys. Bye.